Here we go, everybody. Happy Thursday to you on Sports Talk. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Wow. Is that who I think it is? That's right. Sal Monta is here. When was the last time Sal arrived at 4 o'clock in any day? That that, that never happens. He's uh, doing a little pregame before the pregame here with us. Did somebody tell Sal that the game starts at 6.30 tonight and not 4? Or, uh, I'm just amazed. This is great. I've never seen Sal this early before. Not since he was working with us on Sports Talk. Yeah, and um, I'm actually not wearing shorts today, too. I'm fully dressed. Yeah, like, what, uh, what's what's the deal? What gives? How how, how are you, first off, how are you here on a, on, a, on a Thursday? What a pleasant surprise, Sal. Wow. I'm sorry, Steve. I just uh, totally uh, unmiked him. But he was excited that you were here, Sal. That we're, it was a pleasant surprise today. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, it's 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 like uh, it's a surprise today. So, Sal, you're going to be sticking around for the next two and a half hours? Atta boy. Good for you. All right, great. Sal's here, folks. Gosh, I feel good when Sal's here. Because I, you know what it tells me? Adrian can leave early for the game. We can get ourselves rolling today. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good day today. Good day. We've got UTEP, FIU tonight, 7 o'clock, tip-off, 6.30, countdown to tip-off, here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm heading to the Haskins Center uh, tonight to watch this game, Adrian. I'm very interested in UTEP and FIU tonight. It'll be a great game, Steve. This is one that the Miners have to win because you know why? They, they have not won back-to-back in a while, and this is an opportunity for them to do so against a Florida team who had to travel a ways away to El Paso to take on the Miners. This is a great opportunity tonight. I'm not telling you FIU is a pushover by any means, as we've seen all year long. It, regardless of the opponent, the Miners will battle uh, on the same level as their opponent, so this one is going to be a very interesting matchup, and a head of their ranked opponent in uh, Florida Atlantic coming in on Saturday. They must get a win tonight. They have to. And by the way, I can't wait to see Denver Jones tonight. Boy, has he been good this season for Florida, for Florida International. He's dropping almost 20 a game. They, there are so many good guards across Conference USA. That's one of the big things that I've seen so far. And for somebody like him who is just a sophomore right now, uh, he is, he's a leader of this team, just put it that like that. And he's got somebody like Arturo Dean in the backcourt with him who is a really good player as well. Uh, I'm interested in somebody like Nick Guardarama, uh, somebody who's a senior, six foot five, kind of plays that combo forward. And like we saw with Charlotte, uh, FIU sometimes plays a little smaller so maybe we get a chance to see again that small lineup that UTEP displayed against the 49ers this past Monday uh, show itself against uh, the Panthers tonight. And they're tough. I mean, you look at their last five, okay? They beat Charlotte by two. So do UTEP. But they beat Charlotte by two. Um, beat UAB by three in overtime. Then they lose to FAU by four in OT. So they had back-to-back OT games. A win over UAB, a loss to FAU. They lose at Western Kentucky by 11, and then they lose to North Texas by 7. So uh, that's an that's a real mixed bag. Like they, you know, they beat Charlotte and UAB, nearly knocked off FAU, played Western tough, but lost by 11, and then they lost to North Texas, another good team, second best team in the league right now. So um, UTEP. Five-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. It's not going to be easy. 
it is not going to be an easy game by any stretch. This Florida international team can play. They're not afraid. And uh, I think this is going to be a terrific game tonight. I'm excited about UTEP basketball tonight. FIU is kind of like UTEP on offense, where they struggle in stretches to shoot, particularly the three-point uh, three shot uh, for the Panthers. They, they just do not shoot the ball beyond the arc that well. And for the Miners, they don't either. So it's an interesting one where both teams will probably try to drive to the hoop, uh, draw contact. Miners have struggled mightily on the free throw line all season long. Let's see what they could do at home tonight with some momentum under their belt and see if the free throws are at will actually fall and then on the other side let's see if they can if UTEP can play discipline on defense to not allow the Panthers to attack the rim and draw a lot of those uh, fouls to go to the free throw line so it should be an interesting one uh, FIU also struggles defensively so that can uh, you know work to UTEP's favor although they do uh, they are one of the best teams in the conference in turning people over who's the best team in turning people over well the Miners are yeah they are that's 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 their identity this year. That's what they're you know they're bread and butter. So yeah, I'm ex- I'm looking forward to tonight's game. I I really am looking forward to today's show. We're gonna have a good show today. Um, Lane Frank is stopping by at five, so we'll have our weekly chat with Lane uh, in our five o'clock hour. Then at six, Jeff Erickson from RotoWire.com. He'll lead off our final hour, and then right back to uh, John and Steve courtside at the Haskins Center on our final countdown before we get ready for UTEP Hoops at 6.30. So it's going to be a good show today. Definitely good show, and a huge weekend. We've talked about it all week long. Um, we're talking NFL, uh, you know, second-round matchups, a lot of great ones in the divisional round that we will get a chance to see this weekend. Most notably for a lot of people here locally, it's uh, Cowboys 49ers, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about all the games with Lane Frank coming up here at 5, and then Jeff Erickson coming up at 6. You know it. You know it. And by the way, uh, I know there's going to be a a lot of talk uh, nationally about David Crosby, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, uh, founding member of the Birds, as well as Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who died today at the age of 81. He is the first of the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and, and, and Young, with Neil Young, who has, uh, who has passed away. But I got to tell you, folks, since we're talking UTEP hoops, locally, found out yesterday, um, Ron Martin Sr. has passed away. And if you're wondering, does the last name sound familiar? Well, it should. Ron Martin Sr., uh, Martin Tyre, folks. And um, not just Martin Tyre, but I can tell you this. One of the biggest UTEP fans you will ever meet. Um, When we were going to games in the uh, 80s and 90s, in the height of the UTEP, uh, their greatness, really, the decade of dominance in the 80s, um, Ron Sr. and his brother sat about three or four rows behind us. It was a great section in those days. Section B was the section because we had Anthony Duncan, and usually it was Anthony Duncan and uh, um, Pat Devlin, who was about seven or six or seven seats down from us in the same row. Okay, Then about four rows back, you had the Martins. Um, and then one section over, you had Paul Strelzen. It was, and this was post uh, when when Strels was no longer the voice of uh, the PA voice of UTEP. So he essentially went from uh, doing the games to moving in right next to our section, and it was it was a zoo. It was an 
absolute uh, zoo in that area. And um, Ron Martin Sr., um, as nice and generous a man as you'll ever meet, uh, you know, he was the face of, of Martin Tyre for many, many years on all the commercials, um, especially the TV spots. You would see him and uh, always, always smiling, always wanting to talk UTEP sports, a, just a, a great sports fan, an even better person. So um, El Paso lost uh, just a, a great human being here uh, this week with Ron Martin Sr. And uh, on behalf of Sports Talk and, and 600 ESPN El Paso, we just want to uh, express our condolences uh, to the Martin family on the passing of uh, Ron Sr. And that's, uh, I think, a pretty fitting way for us to to start about this UTEP-Florida uh, international game because we've said it earlier, Adrian, we'll continue it. You know, there are so many UTEP mega fans that now are, are no longer with us. And it's difficult because, you know, we've talked about this. We've talked about the fan base. The fan base that dates all the way back to the 60s. You know, there are still plenty of UTEP fans that went to games in the 60s who are still going to games today. But there are others that started going to games in the 60s that either don't go anymore or are no longer with us. And that's the toughest part, I think, of, of UTEP is many of us grew up in that building. We still do. In fact, many of us are now passing that on to the next generation, right? We're going to games, but now our kids are getting to experience what we did growing up inside that building, whether it was the 70s, 80s, or 90s, or for some, you know, even the 60s, doesn't matter. So the point is, yes, we are allowing our next generation of of kids to experience what we grew up with. Except, here's the big difference, okay? We grew up in an age and an era when UTEP was hanging banners every single year from the Raptors of the Haskins Center. I remember the banner ceremony. I remember the banner unveiling. We get excited. It was first game of the season. They, they throw the next banner out there. Fans would go crazy. Right. And then and by the way, what happened to the original banners? Where are those? The the orange and blue ones that hung in there forever. Where did they go? Um, I remember years ago they were taken down and UTEP designed new banners. And there was such a public outcry from fans. They brought the old ones back because nobody liked the new ones. Well, now the old ones are gone again. I would love to know where the old banners are are they in storage are they um were, were there something else about them i i don't know but yeah what happened to the old banners there were a ton of them and they used to hang all around the building where did they go but adrian back to what i was saying a moment ago you know we grew up with utep hanging those banners every year and spoiled because they won the whack they hosted the WAC tournament almost every year. They were on TV all the time. They went to the NCAA tournament. They sent guys to the NBA. It was just a different time, different era. Now, you know, my son is 10, and he wasn't born the last time UTEP went to the NCAA tournament. 
That's crazy in itself, Steve. And it just tells you just the different gap that we're experiencing right now in the different generations of UTEP fans. Um, yeah, You know, it's so interesting when you're talking about uh, the fan base that is out there right now. We can't take it for granted, even though at times we knock it and we say, hey, they only got this amount of people. Well, yeah. those people were probably the people who were there a decade ago, two decades ago, three decades ago. Exactly. And that's the fan base that is, is still here with the UTEP. Uh, basketball team and the football team and and you know what that fan base cannot be taken for granted but they also have to continue to try to build upon that fan base and whether you try to attract families who just moved here or attract families who are currently here and invite them to their uh, game invite them back to the uh, UTEP game that's so key for this uh, you know athletic department to continue to grow its brand it's so well put so well put quarter past as we get started here on our Thursday edition of the program so, yes, as we get ready for UTEP FIU tonight and Florida Atlantic Saturday night, you know, you're thinking about the building, about the Haskins Center, and just how different it is to grow up inside the Don now versus the way it was inside, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's so different right now. It's such a, it's such a, you know, for us, we're, we're, we're passing that along to our kids, but our kids have never experienced winning. They've never experienced the NCAA tournament teams. They don't know what it's like to be in a sold-out Haskins Center for game in, game out, for all the big games. They don't know what that's like. They also don't know what the big rivalries are like because the rivalries are gone. There's no rivalries anymore, not like it used to be. So it's just a different time period. Now, Orly, you're going to lead us off. You're already up first, but I got to get to the break. Let me take it with Charlie. We'll come back. We'll get to Orly. More of your calls. 505-6009. Good to have you with us here on Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 505-6009. Gets you through to the program. So we're talking about going to UTEP games. And what it's like now compared to uh, what it was like years ago. But you want to know something, Adrian? Here's the funny thing, okay? Even though they're not winning consistently like they did when I was growing up, I still love the fact that um, my son has been going to games and growing up in that arena since he could walk. Like, that, they're, they're, it, it, it means something to me. There's still a sense of of, uh, you know, pride with these games and what it's all about, despite the fact that they're not winning like they used to. You know, I kind of feel, I, I feel your connection right there, Steve, because a lot of my family still goes to all the game. My mother-in-law, my dad, my mom, you know, a lot of my family uh, loves to go to the game. So that's where I kind of get the connection as well on my side. Like, I sure, I'm sure, you know, when you get go home and when you go to these games, uh, Joel is asking you tons of questions about this basketball team. And, and that's fun to share with. You know, that's, that's the cool part about UTEP basketball, the community aspect of it. When you involve the family, when you have the... Uh, the fans who've been there really since day one, since yep. they've been born, and how they're still invested in it. That's why there's so many passionate UTEP fans around this community, and I'm sure that's why people are so passionate when it comes to them losing. They don't want to be the underdogs anymore, sure. and they want to be on the winning end of a lot of these things. Not to mention, you know, my brother goes with his kids, 
So the three of them will go a lot yeah, together. Right. And then they have friends that they see at the games, and they all sit together. It's really cool. It's like a little club of, of uh, you know, fifth graders, 10-year-olds that are going. And as they get older, hopefully they, 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 they become more passionate and want to stay involved in these games like, like we did. It's, it's, it's neat getting a chance to pass it down to your kids. It, it, there's something special about that. Right, and and again, you can't take the fan for granted. So, like uh, all of Joel's friends, like they they have to continue to be invited left and right, whether it's by their own family or you know by you all. Uh, when they continue to go to those games, they develop that deep passion for this team. And you know, I could think of growing up and going to games with my friends as well. And some of those friends are still huge UTEP supporters. So I, I think that's what makes it so that that's what makes UTEP special at times is you have those people who've been there since day one and and who really cherish this program no matter what 505-6009 that's our telephone number let's go to the phones right now orly is going to be first up today orly thanks for waiting how are you fine you know you're bringing up some good memories um i think a lot of it has to do with social media everything's on tv now um you get ESPN, espn plus you can watch it you don't have to go to the games i like the experience but i got a question for you still steve sure if you go to uh, courts that have coaches, uh, basketball arenas named after the coaches, the court like Don Haskins Center, they all have the name on the court. UTEP doesn't have it. It's under the bench. You ever notice that? I thought they have the uh, the Don Haskins signature on no, the courts. They have it on the court, but it's under the bench, on the visiting bench. It's not on the court. So it's not visible on the court of play itself. No, sir. It's under the visiting bench. Wait a minute. Now, wasn't it? Didn't it used to be visible on the court years ago? On the side, used to be on the side, Don Haskins Center. But the but the the Don Haskins autograph has never been visible on the playing court before. No, it's under the visiting bench. Okay. Look at that tonight when you go there. I will. I will. I will yeah. check. I will check that out. And matter of fact, um, I am looking now at um, Lou Henson Court at the right. Pan, at the Pan American Center, trying to see if there is a signature of Coach Henson on the court, and I can't tell if there is. In I, fact, oh, hang on, I hang on. Uh, yeah, there is. There is. They have it. They have it. Like. Uh, Inside the three-point line, right. on both there on both go. on both ends, it's in uh, it's right. in white, so it's hard to right. see, but it's there. It's, and look at UTEP's now. Pull up UTEP's. It's under the visiting bench. Okay, that's interesting. I never really yeah, thought I about that. that. I, I, brought, I brought that out last year. No one said anything about it. Yeah, that's uh, that that is definitely you know something that. I hadn't thought about it, but now I got to get when I get there tonight. I'll take a look at it, and uh, and, and I'm not sure why that is. I I, I don't know why the uh, the you signatures. You on the court. You would be on the court like Henson's is right by the three point shot. And if you go to other arenas that uh, have people that are named after it, they're they're in the same spot. Yeah, right by the three point shots. Yeah, yeah. Only UTEP's is underneath the bench. Huh. Okay. That is that is that is on the visiting side. On the visiting side, can you even can you even see it, or you can't? No, if you, you put the you put the chairs there of the visiting bench, 
and they sit over it. Oh. Now, hang on. I'm looking at a picture I took from the uh, from a game. I see where it says Glory Road on the side. Yep. I see where it, it says University of Texas at El Paso on the side. Right. But right. I haven't seen – got to see a close-up of, of where it is right now. That is, But that is a very interesting point that you bring it's up regarding the it. visitor's bench. Okay. I'll look for it tonight. I'll check it out tonight. You know, yeah, and then you know, going back to the way it was with with your dad and all of us were there. God, we had some great times uh, right there by the. Of course, they moved us. Uh, but let me tell you, big difference. They had competition. They had main product here. The product is is gone, kind of tarnished lately. It's not like it used to be. Even up until when Barbie was coaching and and uh, what's his name. Um, uh, Floyd, they brought, they were springing good teams in. They brought Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. Uh, I understand it's tough to bring them in now because we really have nothing, no product for they would want to come down here. Yeah, but yeah. back then, I can remember the first in the game that Floyd brought in here was against Oregon State, and it was a sellout. I thought that was Pacific. No, it was, I thought it was Oregon State. I thought they sold out Pacific. They lost the game, and that was his first. Uh, and that was his first big games when he arrived. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought oh, it was Pacific. I thought it was Oregon State. Anyway, okay. be, but he also brought Oregon through here. That's true. Oregon That's true. Went into triple, over, triple overtime. Yep. Good point. Yeah, we had some good teams. You know, Arizona's been down here. I mean, I, I love to see him bring a couple names. I know that the basketball tournament can't do it anymore. It's a shame. But I would love to see him once in a while because that's when you'll get the big crowd. Now, this Saturday should be a big crowd. You got a top twenty team coming in. You should have you should have at least ten thousand for that game or close the, to a sellout. Yeah, but you know as well as I do, they they they'll probably be lucky to get more than five. They'll get maybe six if they're lucky. Yep, that's that's pretty accurate. And, yeah, and but sad about that. Like I said, social media has a lot to do with it. The ESPN Plus is on. They're going to have it on TV somewhere. So a lot of these younger generation will just sit home and watch it at home. Or don't even think about going. They don't even even get interested in sports anymore in El Paso. Yeah. Look at the the logo tonight. Look where it's signing. Let me know. I gave my ticket away. I can't make it. I have prior commitments. But text me if you would do what you think when you see it. Okay. I appreciate the call. All right. Take care. Bye. So... The way it looks is that the University of Texas El Paso is on one side, in uh, and that's on like in it's in like white on the orange sideline, like it's out of bounds, but it says University of Texas El Paso. Then on the bench side, it looks like there is Glory Road on one side, and on the other side, I think it just says, does it say Haskins or Haskins? That, that's Center? his. Uh, that's actually his signature right there. Which one? Uh, on the other side of the Glory Road, um, that's where that has a signature, and then it's a center underneath that. Okay, so that's the way they did. It. So it, it still has a signature, just the signature is not on the court. The signature is on the sideline. Correct. That's exactly right. And then it says minors on both ends. Correct. Uh huh. You tell me. Should we see Don Haskins's autograph on the court? In your mind, or do you think that 
this is good the way it is. I think uh, it's an interesting point that Orly brings up. I think if uh, the way that it's designed right now, I don't know if you could just slide down uh, the Haskins Center, uh, just that that the way that it's written right there. If you could just slide it down on the court without it looking like it's too much already. You know, with the mountains on there, it's already a lot for this uh, court, which I really like. I love the court design that UTEP has. Maybe they could put it in very modest font uh, at the top, uh, you know, kind of like near the, the center, center court or near um, the scores table where it just says Don Haskins Center or something along those lines. So I I see Orly's point. I just don't know where you'd put it. I I do think that it should be on the court somewhere. Well, let's let's also remember this, okay? It's not Don Haskins Court. It's the Don Haskins Center. So truth is, like, it's Lou Henson's court. It's the Lou Henson Court at the Pan Am Center, okay? So, yes, since it's the Lou Henson Court, his signature is on the court. But the building is named after Don Haskins. So, ultimately, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're nitpicking here. eh, That could be what it sounds like. But the signature, apparently, is um, it's on the bench for the visiting team. But I believe the Don Haskins autograph is like facing the other direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I understand what Orly's saying. Just make it visible, right? Like whether it's on the court or on the sideline, make it a little bit more visible. Uh, and it's a really interesting point that he brings up. I, I hadn't heard this one by anybody else. Uh, and it's an interesting point that he brings up as far as the, the court. But I'm with you. Like it's not the Don Haskins court. Uh, it'd be interesting to think down the line, would they decide to name the court after anybody uh, down the line for mm-hmm. UTEP? But I, I also think that uh, the way that they have it isn't horrible. They can also make some improvements down the line if they really wanted to? Sure they could. And by the way, uh, if you put the autograph on the court, you can always put it opposite the mountain. You don't have to put it on the mountain side. You can always put it on the other side as well. Yeah, and and maybe take away one of those picks. You see those two true. picks inside. You could t- you could uh, put the signature right there. Maybe there's there's different ideas. That's true. Or like a bear, like uh, something with a bear and something like that, and and that would be a good symbol for him. Well, and, isn't it the bear's den? Yeah, that's right. That's so, that's exactly right. You could always have a bear, and then you could always put the bear's den and have his autograph there. Yeah, I think that could definitely work. Instead of two pickaxes, substitute one of those for the bear's den. Yeah, you could do that too. All right, listen. No matter what it looks like, hey, hopefully you can go check out a game. That's that's the whole point of this conversation. I, I never thought about the autograph. I thought about just going to watch the team play. So, bottom of the hour, back with more in a moment. Let's go first to Adrian and Sports Center. Thank you, Steve. Let's go over to some news today out of Major League Baseball. Lefty reliever Aroldis Chapman has reportedly agreed to terms on a one-year $3.75 million deal with the Kansas City Royals. A seven-time All-Star, Chapman struggled mightily last year with New York. He posted a 4-4 record with nine saves and a 4-4-6 ERA, and he also had a 1.43 whip in 43 relief uh, appearances. Chapman's time in the Bronx appeared shaky after he was left 
left off the team's roster for the AL Divisional Series against the Guardians. The decision came after he missed a mandatory team workout. Let's go to more news today. This out of the NFL today as the Miami Dolphins have fired defensive coordinator Josh Boyer after four seasons with the franchise, the last three as defensive coordinator the team announced today. In addition to Boyer, the Dolphins also fired safeties coach Steve Gregory, outside linebackers coach Ty McKenzie, and assistant linebackers coach Steve Ferentz. The Dolphins sustained several season-ending injuries to key starters this season, including cornerback and former UTEP player Nick Needham on the season. While Miami owned the league's fourth-best run defense, they also ranked 21st in defensive expected points added and also 22nd in sacks per pass attempt. Let's go to one other story today. The Ravens push back on the narrative that Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore is uncertain, insisting that they remain confident they will sign the star quarterback to a long-term deal this offseason. DaCosta, the general manager, spoke with Lamar Jackson today and began the media session by saying that he was excited to restart contract negotiations with Lamar Jackson. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Broaddus. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. A little bit past the bottom of the hour as we continue. I just saw this tweet from earlier today. Chad uh, Middleton tweets the show. Hey, Steve, does Sal have his new shoes on? Adrian, you could answer that question. Actually, Sal here, he could answer that question. Yeah, I don't have them on today. Um, don't worry, though. I got a dress for the occasion. I, I might even leave the tags on my new Skechers. So, no, I got to cut my hair. I got to do the whole nine, right? So, uh, I don't, but when I do, I will post a picture up can for you sure. Des- can you describe the shoes for people that don't know what's going on? Oh, here? man, it's kind of like uh, when you've been hungry all day and it's your favorite meal that you get with some ice cream afterwards. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, um, matter of fact, I, I, I put it out there on Twitter, but um, they're kind of like... Like, like an off-white with a little bit of suede on the side. Jeez. You know, something like that. I'll, okay. I'll send you a picture to you. I don't well, know if I'm you've seen I'm on your Twitter them handle right now, so I'm looking at them. Oh, I see them. Oh, those are cool. Those are very cool. Yeah, yeah. Skechers is, a, is where Look it's at. at. Yeah, lifelong member. You said, some call a plumber because this drip too hard. That's and right. you showed your Skechers. <laughs> That's right. Look at those. It's, so they're all white, mm-hmm. but they have some off-white to them. Exactly, yeah, and a little bit of a suede texture. It's got the, I don't know what you call it, but kind of like the round, yeah. um, this will sound funny, but like the round bottoms. <laughs> Are they comfortable? Yes, yes, super light. Okay, well, that's that's all that matters, right? They look like Yeezys. I like them, Sal. <laughs> Thank you. You have the, the, the new... Uh, the, the new tenure, right? Skechers is where it's at, everybody. I'm, I'm telling people, you know how much I paid for them, Steve, by the way? Uh, $100. Nope. What'd you pay? So so they retail at about like, uh, I'd say like 80 They were on sale for 70 but I had a gift card and a $5 credit, so uh, I wound up paying like 20 after tax. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Are they like basketball shoes? Uh, no, they're more, uh, more leisure, so to speak, but I'm pretty sure I could dunk on, in them if I put them on. Oh, that's good. I, I would like to see you dunk, um, especially on a 10-foot rim without using a trampoline. That would be <laughs> a great, great trick. That's right. So, uh, Carlos Castagnon just tweeted the show. Can't wait for Saturday. Listen, before Saturday, we've got a game tonight. Don't you feel like people are just 
completely discounting this FIU game tonight? You hope that the UTEP basketball team doesn't. I, it's okay if fans do. That's fine. If they go to the game tonight and they watch the minors and they get excited more about Saturday, that's fine. But you hope that the coaching staff and you hope the players do not overlook tonight. Uh, Joe Golding was adamant yesterday when he met with the media how fixated this uh, team is on FIU in their preparation to take on the Panthers. But they have to have all focus on this team instead of overlooking them and uh, looking at the ranked FAU Owls coming in Saturday. Do you think they go small again tonight, or do you think that uh, we'll see more of you know, the, the big guys, uh, whether it's Zarek, whether it's Kalu, whether it's Hamilton, what do you think we're going to see tonight? I hope we see a little bit more of the bigs, right? Because we saw pretty much nothing on Monday. Just five minutes for Kalu, just uh, three minutes for Onyema. That's not a lot of time for the big men. So I hope we see them at least a little bit more than that. I, I like the change. I like the ver- the variety of lineups that UTEP can throw out on teams, but I also like incorporating bigs like Onyema and Kalu to give them more playing time, more minutes to see what they could do, and I, and I like Hamilton as well, but if UTEP is adamant that they like this small ball lineup and they feel like defensively that's the way that they can keep up with all these other teams, they'll, they'll make that switch and they won't look back if they feel like that's the recipe to success for tonight's game. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to put it. And by the way, I was wrong uh, regarding the Haskins Center signature. It is facing the uh, same direction as everything else. Glory Road, I see what they did. So they took the uh, they took the the word center, and then they just have him his autograph uh, on, on top of that. I mean, uh, at this point, I don't know if you have to do anything else. I don't know. You've already got the picks. You got the mountain. You got Glory Road. You got University of Texas El Paso. Uh, I guess the idea is that sometimes the signature is kind of. Um, what's the word, covered up by the opposing bench. You just don't see it as often as you would if it was, let's say, on the court right in front of maybe the out-of-bounds line. Maybe then you see it and it's more pronounced in the TV shots and things like that. If they wanted to really uh, do anything else different, I would just flip the University of Texas at El Paso, that bottom part. I would flip that on top and put that on the top part and then move Glory Road and the Don Haskins signature to the bottom part. That's where usually fans sit courtside uh, on the opposite side of the scores table. That would be my only change to it if you really had to do something. Well, because it would also it would pop more because you don't have anything right. in front of it and then you would see it when the ball goes out of bounds and things like that. Yeah, most definitely. And also, I feel like uh, like when you're talking about it from the camera angles and stuff like that, then you'll actually get a chance to see the Haskins Center uh, um, signature that's on there on the, on the other side of the court. That's you'll true. see that a lot better. That's true. Hey, by the way, think about all the stuff going on Saturday. You've got playoff football. You've got the UTEP-FAU game. There's a lot going on. And apparently, as I'm hearing from multiple people, Alexa at Westside underscore 915 and some Twitter handle that I can't even read because there's a bunch of letters, numbers in there, but it says at Holbrook Brad. They're both reminding us that the WWE Royal Rumble is coming up, but I think it's not this Saturday. It's next Saturday. So we're okay. We're not missing the Royal Rumble for the UTEP FAU game. 
That's exactly right. I, I, I was talking to my dad um, yesterday, and I was like, whoa, wait, I forgot the Eagles and Giants game is Saturday night. And he was telling me, he was like, well, a lot of people here locally probably won't care unless you're a, a diehard Eagles fan and the few Giants fans like Lane Frank we have here yes. uh, locally. Those people are definitely going to be fixated on that game. But uh, fortunately for the football fans out there, the Cowboys-Niners game does not interfere with this UTEP game. So that's a big one right there. Do you think when Lane comes on today, he's going to – do you think he's going to pick the Giants with his head and his heart? Yes. Or just his heart? Yes, both. I think he's going to give us the uh, the proper explanation as to why he likes the Giants. I agree. Uh, the scary part is I like them too. I like the, the New York football Giants as well. I think they could do it. I think they could beat the Eagles. And if But, but here's the question, okay? Let's just say the Cowboys beat San Francisco this weekend. What's a better matchup for them in the championship game, Eagles or Giants? Mm, this is really interesting, right? Because uh, you can make the argument that the weakness on the Dallas defense is their run defense, right? Um, which also doesn't really favor them going into this week, knowing Christian McCaffrey's on the other side. But you That's look true. at Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, the way that they're running the football right now, uh, very effective. I mean, on the flip side, though, with Philly, they've got Hurts and Miles Sanders who are playing exceptionally well and running the ball well as, uh, you know, with this Philly team. So uh, I, I would still lean toward uh, the favorable matchup for the Cowboys being the Giants, knowing you'd be at home, knowing you'd be playing at 18 Stadium and not having to travel to Philly uh, to take on the Eagles. That's a good point. Maybe take the Giants for the home game. Maybe that's where you go. I could see that. I could see that. Okay. 43 passed. Let's come back. We'll wrap up hour one. Still to come. Hour two. Lane will be with us in studio. Jeff Erickson in our six o'clock hour. Our phone number 505 60009. Love to hear from you. Sports Talk continues. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Lane Frank's going to join us coming up here top of the hour. Lane's appearance brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Excited about that. Let me hear what Gator Richard has to say. He's joining us next on Sports Talk. What's going on, Richard? How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Appreciate the call. Hey, so you call me Gator Richard. Is that a derogatory thing and I just don't know it or what? I mean... When you call the show, the first thing you always say is "Go Gators." You are okay. uh, you are a Florida Gator fan, therefore we call you Gator Richard. Now, um, if you would like to interpret that as a derogatory term, that is completely <laughs> your perspective. Wow, I'm just I'm just double checking because last time I called, man, you kind of set me up for failure, but that's all right. Yeah, well, sometimes you make it easy for yourself. But that's okay. Hey, let me ask you this: What team do you hate? The what team do you despise the most in college? Georgia. So if I called you um, Bulldog Richard, then you could then you could call that you could say that is a derogatory term, right? Yeah, Steve. I mean, how long how long have I been calling in? Long time, right? You have, and that's why we love you as Gator Richard. That's okay. I got news for you. We've got a guy that's been calling up. We call him. We don't call him on the air. We call him Kid John. He's been calling the show since he's 14. So, to me, he's still Kid John, even though he's almost 40. How do you like that? Nice. 
good loyalty you know that's one of the building blocks of pyramid of success you know that right i like that well that's that's what you're all about i appreciate that richard so you, tell me what's know, what's you, what's going on today that. i've got about a minute and a half left in the hour talk to me all right so uh we're, we're you were talking earlier about like how come utep doesn't hang banners and all that it, it's got to start with uh, athletic director that is hip on winning. You know, I, I think I put it out there the other day. Is it better to win or lose or how you play the game? So you want winners. People to think that, you know, oh, well, it's how you play the game, you know, perspective. Wrong. We want winners. Winners put, you know, seats in the stands. And seats in the stands equal more money, more revenue, and all that. That's usually the formula. You win, everything comes after that. So I, I do yeah. agree that winning is the easiest way to solve all problems. That is true. So, you know, and, and uh, reference uh, where are those banners, the old school banners? I think they were probably buried with Don Haskins. Oh, come on, man. Don't do that. Don't go there. Why'd you have to ruin it? Why'd you have to say something like that? Gosh. You know, you give a guy a chance. And then he throws something ridiculous like that in his call. And that's that's one way to get that that that's one way to just end a very uncomfortable conversation, right? Steve, last time he called in about Demar Hamlin, and uh, I I'm glad we didn't put him on. I, I promised you I, I said that uh, hey we'll just take your call next time, Richard. Now they're in a storage closet somewhere. That's where they are. Yeah. Don't uh, don't don't take a shot at the bear. Don't do that. That's just not nice. He was a winner. He was talking about winners. He was a winner. He was. That was a loser ending to a phone call. Bad taste. Loser. Loser call right there. Big L. All right. When we come back, Lane Frank. He's not he's not the uh, he's the big L, but for a good reason. We'll talk to Lane next. He's got a lot to say, as he always does. He'll join us live as we continue. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back, everybody. As we continue here on Sports Talk. So Adrian, which is a very uh emotional day for us here on the show. Very, very emotional. You know why? Why is that? Because this is Lane Frank's last show with us. Wait, really? As a 14-year-old, yes. Hang on, stop grabbing that microphone. Did you hear the sound it makes? Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, you know why I made that? Because you took it. And you squeezed it like a like a like an orange, so let's just not worry. And then that way, I promise it won't happen anymore. And and plus, I had this beautiful setup as a fourteen year old. And then all of a sudden, I hear that crackling noise, and I'm like, oh my god! All right, and, and, it's, and it's my fault. I should have told you off the air, but I apologize. Um, you are turning fifteen. I am big. This is big news. I guess just the big one five. It's true because it is the big one five. You started with us as a fourteen year old. Now you're going to be fifteen. Before you know it, you're going to be driving. Do you even want to drive? I mean, sure. I There's a drive. lot of responsibility with driving. Do you want to deal with that? I do. I mean, it's nice to drive. I guess. Well, have you ever? Have you ever like gone no, into never. a parking lot and tried it? Never. No. Never. So your parents haven't like. See, that's what my parents did. They would not get my permit. See, they told you know what they did with me before I even got my permit. They said, "Here, let's go practice." So they used to take me to a big parking lot, and they would let me practice driving. Scared the crap out of me. One day, this is no joke. This is I was, I was doing driver's ed, right? 
my dad takes the Monte Carlo and says, here, you take it. We're going to drive. I had never driven it before. And, and I know the way to, I mean, I know, I know the way to go. I've been doing it my whole life, right? But I was so freaked out that I turned from the house on Wrestler into the wrong direction of the cars. Like, I'm going the wrong way. I was so nervous. I went the wrong way. I can't repeat what my dad said in the car. <laughs> but all I heard was, was, we're going to die, <laughs> is what he told me. He's like, we're going to die. And I'm like, uh-oh. So I, ha- so I rebounded. I, I made a U-turn, went the right direction. He looked at me and didn't say a word, and we, we acted like it never happened. But that problem never that that problem never arose again. That's a so good story. It, it's 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 the honest to god truth. I'll, I'll never forget it because I don't know why I was. I guess I was just you know you're you're driving. You got your dad with you or your parents. You're so like worried about doing the right thing, and I completely went into the wrong lane of traffic. I was in the I was in the wrong side. Luckily there were no cars. That's a good driver's tip for me right there. Yeah, please. If you're going to okay. drive, make sure with the parents in the car, you go the right direction. You don't go the wrong direction. Sounds good. All right. How you you got to be doing great after that Giants victory over the oh, Vikings yeah. last week. Let's go. Big blue. Big blue. Big blue. Did you wear your jersey for the game? I didn't. Why not? It's like sweatshirt? I wore a jersey a few games this year. I think we lost all of them. So oh, I didn't wear a jersey this time. Yeah, keep that jersey off. Oh, yeah, of course. So you're like me. You're superstitious when it comes to your favorite team. A little bit superstitious. You have to be, have right? To be. I'm with you. So what did you wear? Any any giant gear whatsoever? No. Hat, shirt, nothing? I don't even know what I wore. Maybe it's just some generic Nike or something. I like that. A gener- First off, Nike doesn't make generic stuff, Just right? a Nike t-shirt, maybe. Like, oh, okay. Maybe a Michigan t-shirt I wore. There you go. Well, that, well, you don't want to wear Michigan stuff either. They lost. Don't, don't, you can still don't wear bring, Michigan. Yeah, but don't, Michigan don't, basketball season now. Yeah, but you know what? Some, you don't put losing vibes. You want, you want to be winners, well, man. Well, but aren't they winning since they got Harbaugh to commit to their team? Oh, oh yeah. definitely. Oh, definitely, yeah. Are you tired of that? And Every, everybody's coming back. Are they really the whole team? Whole entire team. Nobody in the portal. One player in the portal. One player declared, everybody else, new NIL fund. It's called the One More Year Fund, where fans can pitch in. It's a good idea, and all of them are coming back. How many NILs does Michigan have? I think a lot. I mean, Michigan, the early stage of NIL really struggled because yeah. they weren't just dropping bags to players. Because, uh, but now they're doing better. The One More Year Fund really in- introduces the fans, gets the players back. I love it. Maybe that's what UTEP needs, Adrian. The, the One, one year More Year Fund. I love that name. We were talking about NIL names yesterday, Lane, and uh, we were just thinking of the, some good UTEP ideas for some NIL names. Uh, I love the One More Year Fund. I mean, UTEP football can have some studs, but they all transfer, so maybe a One More Year Fund would work. Maybe so. Maybe so. And then, yeah, so, so that's interesting. So the One More Year Funded Michigan has nothing to do with getting new players it's all about retaining the old players exactly and that's like that i think that's what works better i like that the one more year fund that's good hey before we get into all the uh, usual topics of conversation um let's talk tennis australian Australian open Open. give me your give me your take on everything going down right now at the australian open australian open's been interesting let's start out with men's singles you see rafa nadal struggle in his first round matchup lose his second-round matchup, I think that's his last Australian Open ever. I think he's retired. Novak Djokovic rolling right now. Kasper Ruud, men's number two. He lost last night, so he's out. You got Nick Kyrgios, who was top ten. He's out before the tournament even starts. Andy Murray, a guy who really was great early in his career, prime of his career, slowed down the past five years' injuries. In his first-round matchup, goes up against the number eight player in the world, Matteo Berrettini, and beats him. Then he goes up against the Nasi Kokonakis, another great player, down two sets, and he beats him. Andy Murray may be the toughest player on tour, I love the way the Australian Open is shaping out right now. Even with the limited side, shaping out great. Kyrgios, let's talk about him for a second. Let's talk about Kyrgios. Most exciting athlete in the world. He's a lunatic. 
But he's so entertaining. Most but entertaining he, and exciting athlete in the world. Yeah, but something mentally is wrong with him, right? <laughs> like, he is not normal. He does crazy stuff. You want, you want to figure all this out? Yes. New Netflix documentary. You have Netflix? I do. New Netflix documentary came out last week. It's called Breakpoint, all about these tennis players. Episode one focuses only on Nick Kyrgios and how crazy he is. Is it like a must-watch? It's like a behind-the-scenes, kind of like a documentary. It's kind of a must-watch. Do you feel like you know him any more after watching the episode, or do you think he's even more nuts than you thought before you started watching it to begin with? I think it's a mixture of both. People think that he might be cooler, or he might be more crazier, just crazy stuff, but there is a curse going on right now at that show. Only one player left from that show is still in the tournament. That is that is crazy. How many episodes are there? I think five. Okay, good. And it focuses on three players an episode. You watch a lot of women's tennis, too, or mostly men? Went on. Yeah, so you're watching all of it. Yeah. Uh, best women's tennis players in the world right now are? Coco Goff. Iga Swiatek, Ons Jabber lost last night. She won the. She came second U.S. Open, but she lost last night, so she's out. So yeah, women's tennis exciting right now. Do we have any uh, American uh, female tennis uh, like stars like we did with the with the Williams sisters? I mean, Coco Gauff. She played at Wimbledon when she was 15 years old, and she's rolling right now. She made the final of the French Open last year, and she's I think number seven seed right now. The Bills owner Pagula. She's uh, number three in the world right now. So. All right, so Coco Gauff is kind of like the next great star. There you go. All right, how old is she now? She was 15. What's she now? She's probably 19 now. Okay. So she could be the next like the next great American tennis yeah. player. And then Jessica Pagula, daughter of the Pagulas, who own the Bills. She's a great American. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The fact that the Buffalo Bills have um, you know, have their daughter is now uh, a tennis star. I love that. That's yeah. great. She's number three in the world. Big controversy in the tennis world in Australian Open. You know what it is? Tell me. Fuzzy balls. They're apparently saying that the game is like the like the matches are are um I don't want to say that that you know surprises but that's they say that the tennis balls are fuzzier than they normally are. I just I just saw this story a couple of days ago and here's what it says. Let me just let me put this up for you. So it I haven't says, heard this yet. Yeah, it says uh let me see. I don't see how that can affect it though. As well, a tennis player, it's apparently that's 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 the problem right now. Is they're talking about that being a uh, you know being controversy in the tennis world, and I don't know what that is, but that's this that's the story right now. Um, the 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 tennis balls themselves. Oh, here it is. Oh, I'm sorry, not fuzzy, fluffier. Are okay. fluffier tennis balls causing longer matches so at like, the Australian Open? So they're saying that because the ball is fluffy, what's happening is is that. You don't have the same spin like you used to, so you're getting longer rallies, and you're not able to have as many finishing points quick as you used to. So is it possible that we could be dealing with fuzzy balls at the Australian Open? We could. I mean, there was a 70-shot rally last night. 70-shot rally. That's pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, match has been going pretty long. You see Andy Murray going till 4 a.m. last night. That could be a that could be a problem right there. Fluffy balls, definitely. They're saying that compared to the juice ball era of MLB. That's right. So they're saying that the Dunlop tennis balls have changed. Uh, Novak Djokovic even said that they're different. He said the longer you play, the more rallies you play, the fluffier or the bigger the ball becomes, and it's slower. Now let me say this: as just a person who plays rec tennis, okay, love tennis. Never played a high school. Not like you. I was never a phenom. I just played just to, to get in shape. I found that when I played with tennis balls, by the time I was done with three, they were bald by the end of the match. Like they were, you use them enough, they they lose the, the 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 fluffiness. So I've never heard of tennis balls that actually are getting fluffier yeah. as you play them. As somebody who plays high school tennis, uh, you tell me, is this a real thing? 
Maybe it's superstition by the Australian Open wanting every ball to be perfect where they're over-pumping it. Kind of like March Mass two years ago, everybody thought that the balls were too pumped up, too much grip, and that's why players were overshooting the balls. Kind of like that, maybe a little superstition. I think we're reading into it too much, though. No matter what ball I pick up, I don't really see a difference unless it's dead. Okay, and if it's dead, you, you can't hit it. You can. Now, does that happen a lot when you're playing in matches? Do you sometimes get dead uh, dead tennis balls? Maybe not in matches, but practice, definitely. Okay, fair enough. What do you, by the way, um, I used to love Penn for my tennis balls. What do you like? What's your favorite? Wilson, no doubt, Wilson. Wilson, do you ever use Dunlop balls? Not really. I didn't even know that was a thing. I knew they were tires. I didn't even know they made tennis balls. <laughs> All right, who's your pick to win the Australian Open? Who do we like? I picked Stefanos Tsitsipas uh, pre-tournament. Kind of rang with Felix Algaro's team right now. He's 21 years old. Came back from a crazy match the other night. He's Canadian. He's a really good player. He's taken Rafael Dahl to five sets on Roland Garros before, which is like hitting four home runs off of Jacob deGrom and four at-bats. So that's pretty hard right there. So, yeah, I feel like think Felix Algaro's team has a really good chance. Novak Djokovic, obviously, greatest player in the world, maybe greatest player of all time. He's a chance, obviously. Stefan Sitsipas, though, still my pick. Have you ever been to uh, Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or any place like that to watch a tennis match? I've only been to the U.S. Open, and it was this year, so that was fun. How was? I mean, who'd you see? Casper uh, Ruud versus Quarantine Mute, and then Coco Golf. Oh, so you got to see some of those good matches. For Were sure. you on uh, Arthur Ashe Court? Yeah, Arthur Ashe Court. Oh, that's really cool. It was fun. Yeah, a little bit of a boring match because Casper Ruud kind of. He's a guy who's tinier, kind of lets his opponent go a little bit, and then just throws him to the ground. Do you recommend that for any tennis fan? Do you have to go watch a major like that in person? Does it does it rank up there with all the other big sporting events you've seen before? I think so. I mean, I love the U.S. Open, but I think Wimbledon. I've never been to Wimbledon. I'd love to go to Wimbledon one day. That would be cool. Center court, Wimbledon, the grass just seems awesome. Strawberries and cream. Sure. No, no that's, that's what they do there. They do? In Wimbledon. That's, that's like the big tradition. You have to wear all white. Uh, yeah, that too, but uh, yeah, strawberries and cream is their big. Uh, that's, okay. that's that's the big Didn't thing that. I like. Yeah, all right, good. Um, I did not expect to spend so much time talking tennis <laughs> with you. I to appreciate begin it. That. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Uh, you got a big tennis tournament coming up this weekend. Tell me about it. what's happening. Uh, it's at Coronado and Franklin. Excited. Hopefully, we can bring home the gold on my birthday. Are you? Uh, what 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 rank are you on your tennis team? What are you seated? Not that great right now. I mean, for the team, I'm pretty high, but say in the city, not so great right now. I think I'm. 32nd in doubles for the city right now. What are you in the team? Team, maybe I'll give my upper class respect, but maybe number three. Okay, well, I'm happy you're not giving them disrespect on the radio. You don't want to just dog on yeah, your yeah. upperclassmen. All right, so you like number three. I'll number be humble. Th- number three for uh, singles or doubles? Singles. That's pretty good. All right, so if I want to go walk down the street and go watch it, Franklin. I serve as a weapon. Oh, really? A weapon. But Wow. I li- how hard do you serve? I serve hard. Well, have you been clocked? I'm clocked, but I get aces. You do? I do. Can you hurt people with your serve? Like, if they don't get out of the way, will they get popped right in the face? I think that's happened once where I hit someone's foot, and they had game point. So then it goes to 40 all, and then we won the game the next point. So that was a little bit lucky. Adrian, have you ever taken anything you do sports-wise and called it a weapon like this? Uh... No, I haven't. Like I would you, love to tennis say tennis is I, different, though. Yeah, I would love to say like my short game is is a weapon on on the golf yeah. course or something like that. Or, or like your three a, point shot is yeah, a weapon in basketball, and it's not. Maybe my floater a little bit of a weapon. Yeah, uh, my passing game. No, I've never said that before. All right, so your serve is a weapon. Are you, by the it way, can be a weapon if you don't get it in on the first try. Are you pretty good at the second spin serve just to get it in and put a little English on it and make it uh, make a play? It depends. Say it's really early in the match. Usually I'll tend to go back to my first serve, go twice. That's how much confidence I have in it to where if I didn't get in the first time, I'm going to go for it the second time. But if it's wow. a really close match, I'll try a little spin in there. Okay. So that's interesting. You have so much confidence that you'll try to put your mustard on your second serve to see if you get it Sometimes. In. Say I'm up by a lot or 
early yeah. in the match, I'll like put some mustard on it. So if it's like forty love and you're second oh, yeah. serve, we're putting mustard on. You're that going. Thing. You're trying to finish. We're that. putting ketchup. We're putting mustard. We're putting mayo on all of that. All right. Uh, by the way, how do you eat your hot dogs? Ketchup. Sometimes ketchup. Usually just plain. Really? Yep. No, uh, no mustard on your hot dog. No mustard. No, I hate mustard. You hate mustard. I hate mustard. Has it always been like that? Always. You ever tried Dijon? Nope. I mean, I don't like mustard. I've had it once. I didn't like it. You've only had one shot of mustard? I didn't like it. I'll tell you what. The next time we get together, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna introduce you to other mustard. It's, it's okay. not only about like yellow mustard. There are about, other mustards out there that exist that are really good. What about Bijan Robinson mustard? He has an NIL deal with. He, has, a, he has his own mustard. It's called Bijan. Right. I know it is. Instead of Dijon, it's Bijan. Exactly. That's that's good too. Have you ever had honey mustard? Honey mustard is very good from Chick Fil A. Okay, so now we've got something here. Right. You'll eat Chick Fil A <laughs> honey mustard. There we go. Okay. So that's a that's a start. All that's right. a start. All right, let's come back. We'll talk a little football yeah, next. Perfect. All right, Lane Frank with us here uh, in studio. More in a moment, but first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, we've got a caller on the line for Lane as we uh, roll through five zero five six zero zero nine. By the way, uh, Schoolyard Sports uh, dropped today. Uh, podcast number one zero six. Is that correct? 107. 107. 107. Wow, we just keep flying by. How is 107? 107's a great episode. A little bit short, 25 minutes around, but we're talking a lot about football. We're talking a little bit about Aussie Open. I have my fan segment of the week again. Just a great episode all around. Tune in. You know what I like about this, by the way? Here's what I like about you. If you decide that you don't have a ton going on, you're not going to like string out the podcast just to keep it at a certain time. Like if you decide 25 minutes is enough, you go 25 minutes. If you want to go an hour, you go an hour. You you're not going to keep it to a set time every week. I like that. It just depends because in college football season, there's a whole new segment. I pick the games. I do my top 25. That segment probably takes around five to seven minutes an episode, but I don't have that segment anymore, so that cuts a little bit out of it. So during football season, I'd say episodes are 30 minutes, 33 minutes, and then outside football season, probably 25 minutes. 20. Okay, that's good. 107 drops today. 107. All right, let's go to Richard from Central. He joins us next here on Sports Talk. Richard, thanks. You're on with uh, with Lane. How you doing? Hey, real good. To be here. I just want to call and give you all compliments, man. Uh, so the kid that's obviously on, again, I just chimed in, but uh, listening to the Sports Talk show there, and, and I'm really impressed with this kid, man. It's good to hear talking about tennis. I'm a big tennis player myself, aficionado. I'm a little older now, hitting the senior circuit, but it's just so here and uh, good to hear and uh, some uh, some refreshing takes on on the way he's playing and the way he sees the sport. It's awesome. I've got a very limited uh, following here in El Paso, at least uh, that that'll that'll come out on talk shows like this. So I just want to say thank you very much. And it's a kick. He's really funny, man. I enjoyed listening to him. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for those compliments and calling in. Hey, Richard, by the way, you're right, because we never talk tennis on this show. We never, ever talk tennis. In fact, I'll be honest with you. In terms of my guests for tennis over the years, I had Bud Collins on once years and years ago. I had Nick Boletari on once years and years ago. But um, it's so difficult to get tennis guests because we don't have access to them like we have all the other athletes. So I love it. When when Lane came in today, he's like, I've got an Australian Open take. I said, well, then that's how we're starting the segment. That's that's different. That's good stuff. Yeah. And, and you know what? Just to jump on what Lane was talking about, I was watching tennis. I forget. I might have been last week. I don't. I, again, I'm lost on my days with all the football that's been going on and stuff, but I was watching the men's game. I mean, the women's game is awesome. I love the women's game, and I'll follow all their matches, all the, the big open, the grand slams and stuff. But 
the men's game then. I was watching, I forget what match it was, but these guys were, I mean, I had never seen that much power. Even, you know, it just seems like the power, the, everything that serves, every backhands were just placed perfectly, and I just was so amazed at the men's game. But obviously, again, it falls second to the women's game. I mean, the women's game's come a long way, and I think it's just, it's what's keeping tennis alive nowadays. But it's here to see, uh, hear Lane's take on it, and then just the names that he was spitting out. It's fantastic, man. So, Keep on playing, brother. I appreciate you guys, man. Appreciate it. All right. Good job. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call, Take Richard. Take care, man. You too. Bye-bye. You too. All right. I know you got excited there. I could tell. You got you got the excited. Mic- the microphone got a little jumpy. Yeah, the microphone microphone was very, very happy to hear that call from Richard, and I appreciate that. So thank you, Richard. You can follow that up by maybe, calling. Maybe you need to give me the ex- this microphone next time. Well, yeah, we're gonna work on we're gonna work on microphones with you. That's uh, that is <laughs> doesn't that happen is, on my show only here. I don't know why. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Maybe because we use very sensitive equipment. That's the that's the key, right? All right. Uh, let me ask you something. Um, Last week you picked Baltimore, and I thought you were out of your mind. Okay, but it worked. Listen, even though it didn't fully work. Can you let me finish it, before I was I was setting you up? I was okay. going to compliment you, and you cut me right off. I'm making um, mistakes today. It's 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 been it's been a rough show. All right, so you pick Buffalo, and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. And then they're right there, and if if Huntley doesn't go and try to get that fourth down by putting the ball and crossing the plane and instead getting it knocked out of his hands and returned 99 yards for a touchdown, you could have had a, a big upset on your hands. It was Buffalo, you know, Baltimore was right there. That game was for the taking. It's a 14-point swing. If you score a touchdown, seven points. They score a touchdown. Just makes it a 14-point swing. It's a little bit interesting right there. But I don't get it because this is an offense that uses fullbacks. Ben Mason, they used to have Kyle Juszczyk. He's in the 49ers now. You have Patrick Ricard, still one of the best fullbacks in the game. Why not give it to a fullback on 4th and 1? Why go over the top? I know it's less than the 1% chance of that play happening. I think last time I saw a play like that happen was when J.J. Taylor took it back to the house from UTEP in Charlotte. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just a just bonehead play. Yeah, it was too bad because it really uh, it, it cost him. Yeah. And how about J.K. Dobbins after the game I saying, like give me the ball. Well, of course you're not. He went to Ohio okay. State. But uh, he said, give me the ball. And, and and you know what? I would have I would have wanted that opportunity instead of uh, pouring it to uh, Tyler Hundley. Can't put your teammate under the bus like that. I don't care about the situation. Talk to John Harbaugh in private about that, not the media. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. He aired it out. Elaine, uh, when it comes to the Ravens switching from their offensive coordinator like they did today, Greg Roman, um, what's the future for them? Because they're looking for that long-term deal with Lamar. What's the switch? Because they have to do something different next year. It can't all be run-oriented offense like we've seen in years past. I think they need a better tight end. I think they need two tight ends. I love Mark Andrews, but get maybe another tight end, tight end there. Say... Michael Mayer, or maybe wait a year for Brock Bowers. Maybe get Darnell Washington, who can be a wide receiver, can be a tight end, can even run the ball for you. He's amazing. Need more pass catchers. This defense has all of it. But yeah, need more pass catchers. And one more thing on Greg Roman. I hope he does not go to Michigan. Michigan offense coordinator on like leave right now for computer access crimes. What is that? Hang on. What is that? Know. What is computer no access crimes? Yeah, yeah, let's How not get it? into that. No, we're, we're getting into that right now. That's your team. How does an offensive coordinator... An, uh, he's running the show off cryptocurrency scam. What is he doing in terms of uh, in terms of computer problems? How does that happen? Uh, there's there's a lot of things that can go on there. I know Matt Weiss because he wanted to come on the show, and the Michigan department wouldn't let him. Really? Exactly. Yeah. They they were trying to protect. Maybe they knew something. They said uh, they said I was the age of recruiting, and that wasn't allowed. 
Is that why? Exactly. Did, did why. they tell? Did you tell them that you're not a football player? I had to talk to the assistant athletic director, and that's what they told me. Oh, so wait a minute. You're telling me that your beloved alma mater would not uh, would not put anybody on the show with you? Maybe lose a little bit of love that day. Yeah, I would have lost a lot of love. That's but true. Greg Roman really close to Jim Harbaugh. He might be a candidate for the Michigan offense coordinator job By if the way, Matt Weiss is fired. Problem with Andrews is he's hurt. That's what killed Always. him this year. The injuries are just they're, they're brutal, aren't they? Yeah. All right, you ready for another call? Let's do it. All right, here's Brian from downtown. He joins us next on the show. Hey, Brian, you're on with Lane. Thanks for the call. Well, you know, I was driving up uh, on my way back to the apartment, and I heard you guys talking tennis, and I'm, I wanted to chime in. Uh, got a little sad news. Uh, you know, uh, the greatest tennis player to ever come out of El Paso, Dick Savitt, died last week at 95. Oh, we didn't know that. We did not hear that story about Dick. That is really sad because you're right. Uh, one of the all-time greatest legends uh, of the sport. Well, yeah, he was an El Paso High grad, and then in the same year, I believe it was 1951, he won both the U.S. Open and the Australian Open. Same year, and his face was on the cover of Time magazine, and he was an El Paso High grad. Wow, that is a uh, that that's again history right there. Um, did not hear the story about Dick Savitt. I appreciate you telling me about that. And uh, we've lost uh, we've lost some really good ones uh, so far this this year and the end of last year. There's been there's been numerous. There's been a few uh, El Paso Athletic Hall of Famers who we've lost in the process. Yeah, I think that uh, yeah, I think that uh, when we meet the first or second time of, of the year, you know, the first time is kind of organizational, but when the Hall of Fame meets in January, I think. Maybe the second meeting each year, I think we ought to uh, remember those that had fallen the year before, you know, between meetings. I think that's a great idea. I, I really yeah. do. Uh, meanwhile, how do, you like, uh, how do you like the tennis talk on the show? It's great. You know, I come from back in the early 60s, El Paso was a huge tennis city. You had kids like Van Hill and, uh, and uh, Phil Azar and uh, Ronnie Kahn. And, of course, I mean, back in the 60s and early 70s, very competitive, and these guys uh, racked up championships like uh, like Skittles back in those days. Well, I'm happy we brought it back, and uh, again, uh, I'm sorry to hear about uh, Dick's passing, yeah. but I appreciate you giving us the lowdown on that for sure, Brian. Thank you. We, uh, Margaret Dupont, you know Jackie Guadagnoli. I mean, this is not you know men and women that were really stars back in the in the '60s and '70s in this town. They they spread the El Paso tennis uh, nationally. Well, here's really, the good news. Really. Margaret's Margaret's still with us. She's ninety three, and that's exciting as well. Right, exactly. So, all right. Well, Pre- always good to hear. You. I'm I'm glad you broadened your a little bit today. Nice to hear a little bit of tennis. You know, like I I, I like to hear a little bit of NASCAR. You know, a little bit of championship racing. Uh, I, you know, there's there's more to sports than basketball and football. There just really is. Appreciate you, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Thanks. All right. Brian from downtown, back to Adrian, bottom of the hour. Lane's with us. We'll talk about the uh, aforementioned uh, NFL Divisional Playoffs, so we'll get to more of your phone calls as well. 505-6009 as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian, thank you very much. 33 past. Uh, Lane is with us uh, right now here in studio. All right, so uh, Divisional Week. Let's talk about these games. First off, how about this, Okay. How about the fact that in the AFC, we have one team from every division in the AFC currently represented. In the NFC, we have three teams from one division, the NFC East, by far and away the best division in football this year, uh, because you look at the the way it's broken down. And, okay. you know, you've got Giants, 
Eagles, Cowboys, all still alive along with the 49ers. And how about the miracle comeback that was the Jacksonville Jaguars last week when they were down 27 to nothing to the Chargers? Absolutely madness. But before I say that, even interesting stat, all eight quarterbacks in the playoffs were all Manning Passing Academy counselors. Really? Yeah, I, that's, I a, that's, that's a stat, a stat I have no... I, I learned that for the first time right now. Adrian, did you know that stat? That's a great stat. I did not know that. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, a little interesting thing right there. Brock Purdy was like last year. Trevor Lawrence was doing it. He was at Clemson. But yeah, Jaguars comeback. Trevor Lawrence, what a game by him. Shows his guts, even though in the first half, one of the worst, I mean, one of the worst performances we've seen by a quarterback ever in a playoff game in that first half. That's right. Then he balls down in the second half. Doug Pearson gets aggressive. That was a crucial move to go for two right there to make it 28, or was it... Yeah, 28 instead of 27. And if you don't get it, 26, you have to go for a touchdown that last drive. Who knows if you don't get it? You kick the field goal, you win. It's, good. it's, it's gutsy. But then again, gutsy. Doug Peterson's always been gutsy yeah. dating back to his Eagles days. And they were on the one-yard line anyways because of penalty, so yeah. By the way, uh, how does Brandon Staley still have a job? You know, I was thinking that too, but Brandon Staley is still a good coach. It's more the defense for the Chargers has always been solid. Even in that first half, you get four interceptions offensive mistakes kind of collapse them. And that's why they just fired Joe Lombardi, their offense coordinator. I think you go after a great offense coordinator, maybe Joe Brady. You steal him from the Bills. He was awesome with Joe Burrow. Remember at LSU? Yep. Yeah, he could be great. He's their quarterback coach for the Bills right now. He could be great the Chargers. Maybe Greg Roman. That's a little bit aggressive, though, uh, with Justin Herbert. But, yeah, Brand Staley, I don't think it was fully on him. Brand Staley, a little bit more of a conservative guy. People are saying, how'd they get this guy? He was at William & Mary two years ago. But it's interesting. But it's 27 nothing. How do you fire an offensive coordinator who built you that lead? How do you do that? Because they struggled so much throughout the year. There's obviously internal issues with Joe Lombardi, so I think that's my point right there. Okay, fine. So, Jacksonville now, their reward, Kansas City. Yep. How bad is this game going to be, or is it going to be better than you think? Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. He will this weekend. They played up at Kansas City earlier in the year, and Jacksonville kind of got into that game. They made it 21-18 to at t- one point, so it's interesting. Will it be close, or is it going to be a blowout? I think it's going to be close. Maybe You remember that game, Chiefs versus Colts, a few years ago with Andrew Lux last year? I do. That was a little bit of a close game in the gang, and then Chiefs kind of blew him out then. That's what I expect. Hang around for the first half, three yeah. quarters, and then they lose. Call it that. Okay. What about the rematch? Buffalo hosting Cincy. I took Buffalo in this one because the home field advantage. Even though I took Cincinnati in the first matchup, even though it didn't end, I think Cincinnati would have gone to win that game if they resumed it. But uh, I like Buffalo in this one. Got to run the ball well. Liam Hines has been your secret weapon the past two weeks. Work with him. Josh Allen's interceptions last week weren't really his fault. John Brown didn't run a route right. And Cole Beasley just dropped one. So that's my thoughts right there. I got Buffalo. But both of those teams struggled last week. Look, Cincinnati almost lost. And and Buffalo almost lost to Miami. That was a closer game. If Tua plays. Skyler Thompson is running that offense and nearly had Buffalo beat. Well, the Dolphins have kind of been the Bills' kryptonite all season. Even in that game at Buffalo that the Bills won, yeah. two was still donning up guys at the end of the game. Well, that's true. That is true. Now, um, let me get back to these games for just a second because you mentioned Tua. I don't know if we're ever going to see Tua again in Miami. Oh, we're going to see Tua in Miami again. Concussions took a toll on him. Three concussions. Definitely. How many more concussions until Tua has to retire? Two more. That I mean, I know that's, next, that that's a weird thing season. to predict, though, yeah. because— Concussions can be concussions. You take one, it's the hardest thing. You take another, it's easy. Okay, so um, in the NFC last week, Tampa. Tampa. Knocked out. Tom Brady, where is he going? He's not staying in Tampa. That's no, the one thing for certain. He's not no, staying he's not. in Tampa. No, he's not. He's gone. So where is he going? If Lamar Jackson doesn't leave the market, I think he's the New York Jets quarterback. 
How, how happy does that make you feel? I would love it. Love it. You want to know why? Because you just why. want the jersey. No, I could care less about that. That's funny. I put it right next to my Brett Favre jersey for the Jets when he was one season. Here's why I'd love it. Because Bill Belichick screwed the Jets years ago. One day on the job. One, one day. day. He leaves for New England, and then the dynasty is born. So I'm looking at this. I want to stick it to Belichick. So I want to stick it to Belichick and let his, you know, his Hall of Fame quarterback put on a Jets jersey and beat them twice next year and go all the way and, and, and uh, go back to the playoffs. That's, that's my dream. And you want to know something? I think the Jets are a Tom Brady away from being a legitimate playoff team. What if Brady throws a Correa at you, signs with the Jets for one day, and then goes to the Patriots? That wouldn't happen, but it would be interesting. No, I think- it's never going to happen. And then Brady okay. can start dating um, Zach Wilson's mom <laughs> because they're about the same age. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's now a single man. And um, you know, I mean, there's there's so many possibilities definitely to the way this this whole situation can work out. I'll give I you like more. This. I'll give you a more realistic situation. Okay, Sam Darnold, free agent this summer. Don't want him. What if the Jets want him? No, they don't. What if the Jets take him? They don't. What if they, they won't? Do? They're not. It's not going to happen. That's not realistic. What if he becomes the next great Jets quarterback the second time around? Because I think he could be a great quarterback in this league. I still stand by my pick that he's going to be better than Kenny Pickett. That will. Ne- that's never going to happen. Why do you have to bring that up? You're doing so well. Why do we you have, have to go back? We have and like a twelve-year-long bet on that. We don't do we? have a long bet. Yes. Yeah. By the time you get out of college, that's when that bet's going to finish, and you're about to turn fifteen here this weekend. Let's listen. If Tom Brady doesn't become a Jets quarterback. Does he go to Vegas and, and and quarterback the Raiders? I don't see Vegas. I don't see why he would be away from his family, even though divorce and everything like that. I don't think Vegas is really an option for him. Maybe L.A. The Rams don't want to keep Stafford, but I think they're going to hold on to Stafford for a little bit. How about Miami? Miami, that's an interesting one because they're not going to get champagne, but I don't think he wants to work with Mike McDaniel at all, Tom why? Brady. But, but they worked. They, they they tried to bring him last time, memory before but, he went uh, to Tampa. He but, was looking to go to the Dolphins. That was before the Sean Payne sweepstakes were over, the Mike McDaniel sweepstakes were over. I think yeah. they're on a very short leash for the NFL. They lost their first-round pick because they tried to get Brady, so they're not getting Brady. Adrian, he's doing it again. He's teasing me with this uh, Brady to the Jets talk. Ooh, it's a, it's very interesting. Lane, uh, I'll throw another one at you. The Colts, what if they got got uh, Peyton down the line or, you know, they just completed that interview? Now, yeah, yeah. That, now that's an interesting one right there. They just completed their Jeff Saturday interview. If they hired Jeff Saturday, that'd be like the fumble of the century. I think Champagne Indy is a good option, but Brady, that'd be interesting too. I don't think that happens either. Don't see that. Where do you think Champagne goes? Because he's going to go somewhere. <laughs> he is. Um, I have to think about that. Uh, Carolina, possibly? My pick? Houston. Not because he wants to go there, because the Saints want that. Saints should have a really high pick this year, but it goes to the Eagles right now. Texans, number two pick in the draft right now. That could just be it. Trade number two pick, we give you Sean Payton. Will Houston want to get rid of that pick for Sean Payton? They I think might so. Not, they might not I want I think that. so. Because it's going to be up to Sean Payton. I would watch Arizona. He wants control of that front office. He wants the general manager. Yeah. You could see him okay. marrying himself with uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, maybe maybe Arizona. That's that's an interesting idea, yeah. All right, look, let's do this. Let's break. Let's talk NFL uh, and NFC playoffs next. Your Giants, Eagles. I got to get the prediction, even, the though I, even though I know what's going to happen, right? The New York Giants. Let's see. Your New York Giants. We'll do that in a moment. Lane Frank, we'll wrap it up with him next. The Sports Talk continues. Welcome back, everybody. Lane Frank is with us. We've saved the best for last. The NFC playoff games. All right, let's start first with Cowboys and San Francisco. 
Give me your take on this one, Lee. It's kind of like the Battle of El Paso right here. We got a lot of 49ers fans in El Paso. We obviously got a bunch of Cowboys fans in El Paso. Uh, I was really thinking about taking the Cowboys in this one because just be perfect. Cowboys advance the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy kind of gets exposed, even though I think he's been a great quarterback all season. But I like the 49ers to win this one up in San Francisco. Go Niners. Why do you think the 49ers win? What's the X factor, in your opinion? Consistency. I think that's it. I know Cowboys kicking issues. Dak Prescott can always throw interceptions. Great defense, San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan's not losing to the Cowboys. Cowboys have a great defense. But I could be wrong. Maybe this is the week. Maybe this is the week Brock Purdy is exposed. Do you consider this the most successful season in Cowboys fit past the century if they make it to the conference championship? Uh, nah, not really. Have they made the Super Bowl a <clears throat> century? No. So then why wouldn't it be the most successful? Haven't they been to a championship game? Well, the Des Cotic no? game. I would say That's that was true. like okay. the pinnacle of like the Des Bryant, the Tony Romo. And wasn't all that those the guys. division? Wasn't that the division championship? Or was that the championship? I, game? I don't remember. Off, I, I thought it was conference time. Well, either way, that team they've been was to some yeah. conference. They've been to some conference championships. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to do. The that. Zeke Dak year was a really good year. It was. Yeah, but uh, Brock Purdy, I love Brock Purdy. I think he's a really good quarterback because his consistency. He's not the tallest guy, but I think he deserves to be the franchise quarterback going forward. Uh, I agree with you, and I think he will be. I think, uh, I think you yeah. know. And, and, and Even though Jimmy to, G's back right now. And they have to trade Trey Lance and get some yeah, value for him. We'll be good. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Not bad for Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, they'll be good. Okay, I, I agree with you there. Will it be a close game? It'll definitely be a close game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. And could you see the Cowboys winning? I definitely could because if Mike Parsons can play well, if Brandon Maher can make his kicks, if Dak Prescott can play well, if this Cowboys defense just locks down Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, they might even win a blowout. How ironic would it be if they win on a Brent Maher field goal after what happened last week? It'd be, what if they lose a Brent Maher Oh, field goal? don't do that. Don't say that to Cowboys fans. Because what's weird about Brent Maher oh. is he can nail a 65-yarder but then miss a chip shot. There's other quarter, There's other kickers that do the exact same thing. Michigan used to have a kicker, Quinn Ordine. He made a 66-yard field goal when he was in eighth grade. He's on the Patriots now. He would make 66-yard field goals at Michigan and then miss an extra point. Greg Zerline would do the exact same thing. The, you know, Greg the leg. He's on Jets now, right? Yeah. It's exactly, he was a Cowboys uh, kicker last year. Yep. Rams before that. That's right. Okay. Let's talk about your team. Big Blue. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Uh-oh. Okay. Adrian's got a music bed just in time. Giants coming off that huge win over the Vikings, going into Philly to take on the number one seed in the NFC East. Let's break fly, it down. Eagles, fly, the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's break it down. Eagles, most complete team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott running back, other guys. You got wide receivers, Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard at tight end. Great offensive line. Jason Kelsey leads it. So that's an amazing offense. Hang on, you didn't even mention A.J. Brown. Okay, A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, great squad. Obviously the offensive line, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. This is a great offensive line. The defense too, Brandon Graham, Michigan guy. Just a great defense all around, great team all around, even special teams. Jake Elliott, I said a few weeks ago, they were the most complete team I've seen in the NFL all season. I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. Now for the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, been playing great. Saquon Barkley, been playing great. But they went up against a very bad Minnesota Vikings defense last week. They did. And they won that game. But also... They showed some weaknesses. Maybe you should have put more points on that Minnesota Vikings defense. We saw the Cowboys put up like 40 on them and lock down Kirk Cousins. This is going to be a really fun game, and I'm going to do it. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going against my gut. Oh, Are you surprised? my God. I'm shocked. Okay. Shocked. I we talked this. about this before the show, and Adrian said, I said, what do you think he's going to do? Eagles, Giants. He goes, he's going. He's definitely going big blue. I, I, I mean, I think you're making the right call. Okay. 
Because you're picking with your head, not this your heart. I compare to Kirk Herbstreit, 2018 Michigan versus Ohio State in Columbus. Ohio State, not a great team that year. Michigan wins that game and they go to the playoff. Kirk Herbstreit says, I'm a Buckeye, through and through. I'm a Giants fan, through and through. But I think Michigan's the better team. I think the Eagles are the better team, and they're winning. Ohio State went on to win that game, even though he said he'd pick Michigan. I hope the Giants win this game. I'm hoping for my prediction to be wrong. But as a media, as a member of the media, the New York Giants lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go. All right. Let me tell you something right now, okay? I am so proud of you. You have no idea. You have, this is, you have come along so far this season. You really have. And as your last show as a 14-year-old, you, uh, I am like a proud parent of yours. I am beaming <laughs> because Adrian, he did it. He did something that nobody expected here for the divisional game. Are you sure? We, we talked a lot of superstitions, Lane, and uh, you picked the Giants last week against the Vikings. Are you sure you want to do this? Are, this is your one chance. I'm sure I want to do this. You want to know why? Because earlier in the season, when the Giants played the Packers and they played the Ravens, I picked the Packers and the Ravens in both those games, and the Giants won both those games. So I'm hoping the Giants win this one by me picking against them. Did, you pick, did you pick the Eagles on Schoolyard Sports? No. Really? Really. I'm th- I thought it through right now. Look at you. The fans can't let it. He, he can't pick the, against them uh, ahead of his fans. Not on his, oh, po- not his podcast. Nah, there's no way. Schoolyard Sports, by the way, the new one is dropping today. Audio out right now. Go listen to it. Video out right now. Episode 106 video came out yesterday. Even the audio, audio came out last Thursday. But yeah, tune in. This was fun, wasn't it? Very fun. You spent the whole hour with us today. And the last time episode was a 14-year-old. Fl- and the time flew by. So that means next week, championship week, when you come back, you're going to be a 15-year-old. I am. How different do you think the show is going to be, Adrian, next week with uh, a 15-year-old Lane Frank? I think it could be very different, Steve. We, we could get more mature takes like this right here. We could. Here. <laughs> we could. You, you really, more, that's, thought, more thought through shows. That is, that is true. Uh, what's your birthday wish? What do you want for more than anything for your birthday? Maybe win the tournament. Maybe have Michigan win the 2024 National Championship. How about the Giants winning a Super Bowl? I'd care way more about it. I would. If the Giants winning, uh, Giants winning the Super Bowl would like if Michigan beat a top-five team at home. I never Wouldn't knew that. Wouldn't be that insane. Okay, I didn't realize that. The Giants are not the uh, pinnacle Giants, for you. I still love the Giants, but Michigan is a complete another level. Okay, well, listen, you enjoy. I uh, hope you have a great birthday and a, a great tournament. I'm going to try to uh, come out and watch you. You're right by the house. Appreciate so it. I'm going to do that this weekend. And uh, in the meantime, appreciate you dropping in. Of course. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Adrian. Lane Frank, folks. Nobody better. We'll come back. Jeff Erickson, Roto-Wire, leading off our 6 o'clock hour on UTEP Basketball, 30 minutes away here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, everybody, we've got 30 minutes left on Sports Talk as we get you ready to go for UTEP Hoops coming up at the bottom of the hour. John Teicher, Steve Yellen going to be at the Don Haskins Center getting you ready for the Miners and the FIU Panthers. But before we do that, it's time to say hello to our pal Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. Baseball season is uh, getting closer and closer. In fact, uh, Rotowire has their draft kit up right now. The draft kit is up at the baseball section at rotowire.com, but I want to start with a little football because even though fantasy football season is over for just about every league, but one of the ones uh, I commissioner, uh, it's still fun because divisional round is happening. Jeff's Bengals are still alive, and oh man, Jeff, good to have you back. What a uh, what a matchup that's going to be this weekend with Cincinnati going into Buffalo. 
to continue the uh, matchup that really started uh, a few weeks ago uh, when that uh, uh, you know horrific incident involving Demar Hamlin ended up canceling the football game. Yeah, um, unfortunately, both teams are different right now, uh, especially the Bengals. They they subsequently lost two other uh, starting offensive linemen. They had previously lost Lyle Collins the week before against the Pats. Now they also are down uh, Alex Kappa, their outstanding right guard, who they signed in the offseason as a free agent from away from the Bucks. Uh, and then they lost left tackle Jonah Williams in the playoff game against the Ravens last week. So I'm pretty pessimistic, but then again, I, I, as someone who views it through the black and orange prism of a Bengals fan, I, don't, I, I feel like I'm sometimes a self-hating fan. I always look for the, the monsters under the bed. Well, I don't blame you. Although... Um, the way Cincinnati played against Baltimore, scary, right? Scary because, you know, if they give the ball to J.K. Dobbins and don't give Tyler Hundley that opportunity to try to leap into the end zone where the ball was poked out and returned all the way for a touchdown, who knows if we're even talking about Cincinnati yeah. this week. It's crazy. Yeah, Baltimore outplayed the Bengals. Uh, you know, certainly – you know, offensively, the Bengals did very little after the first drive of the second half. Now, they you might argue that they might have gotten into a little bit of a shell once they got that 24-17 lead, too. That they didn't take as many chances. Might be right about that. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was, as a Bengals fan, it was a frustrating game for the final three quarters, except for the Hubbard play, basically. I don't know about you, but... I love these matchups this weekend in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if Jacksonville's magic is going to you know, make that a, a relatively close game in KC, but between the game we're talking about now and the two NFC games, uh, Jeff, these, are, these have the potential to be a terrific weekend of football. Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've seen Dallas-San Francisco be important before in the past. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. Um, you know that's the closest spread of the uh, four games. Though so I think I saw that moved up from three and a half to four now. Um, yeah, and the thing is, I mean, Dallas blew everybody's expectations out of the water with how they played Monday night against the Bucks. You know, going if you would have told you know told me, okay, Dallas got by against the Bucks. Now they have to go to San Francisco. I'm like, okay, great, great story. You got through. You won a road game. Now go get blown out by the Niners. But. The way they played so well against the Bucks, I think, has buoyed everybody's expectations to make this a better game. Are you waiting to see Brock Purdy just come down to earth, or is it because he's more of a game manager that it just might not happen? You know, he's actually outright made some plays, too, plays that Jimmy G hasn't been making, especially with his mobility and willingness to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Uh, that's the one thing that the Niners always felt limited by with Jimmy Garoppolo is downfield throws. And I feel like, you know, Purdy's not going to, he doesn't have this great downfield arm, but he'll take the shots when they're given. What do you think happens with Tom Brady uh, now that most likely his time in Tampa is over? I'd agree with that. Um, I, I, I think the consensus is the, the Raiders. Uh, who are certainly going to have an opening uh, with seemingly with Carr, although that's not completely resolved yet either. I, I, I would love to see the storylines if he went to the Bucks. I mean, with, if, if uh, Brady went to the Jets. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that would be – I mean, I, I, I know uh, 
there's a lot of Jets fans like no, and a lot of a lot of Pats fans that are like no, a lot of you know media people wary of the media just going through that story ad nauseum too. I mean, I, I remember when Tebow went to the Jets and how Sports Center couldn't stop covering it for days on the opening of the NCAA tournament. I remember it was like. Tebow, 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 Tebow. Oh, yeah, we had four awesome games last night. Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. You know, it was just so funny. If Brady went to the Jets, oh, my gosh, it would just be just nonstop coverage of that. Well, first off, as a lifelong Jets fan, that's what I want. I want Brady with the Jets because I believe they're a Brady away from making a really good run into the playoffs next year. Now, you got to keep him upright. He doesn't like to get hit. We know that. But they have the receivers, they have the running game, they have the defense. So, you know, and how ironic would it be to stick it to Bill Belichick that after one day on the job, when he leaves for Buffalo, they bring in the guy, I'm sorry, that goes to New England, I should say. One day on the job, goes to New England. They bring in the guy that has been responsible for making Jet fans miserable for like 20 years. I think that'd be the ultimate. Yeah, uh, I, I think so many storylines. So, uh, I, yeah, I tweeted out earlier this week, like, that would be my most entertaining uh, landing spot for him. A lot of people suggested the Lions and the Niners, too. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens with the Niners in this playoff run. If they if they get to and or win the Super Bowl, I mean, I, I think it's harder to justify spending any resources to land Brady when you already have Purdy and Trey Lance. Uh, and I, I don't think Trey Lance is out of the picture yet either there. Um I, I think the Lions are interesting because you have to make the call on Jared Goff or not. But, you know, you've got an infrastructure there with a really strong offensive line, great receivers, fun story, good offensive coordinator. That would be a pretty healthy place for Brady to land, too. I don't know. I thought Jared Goff was pretty good the second half of last season. It, it's so good that I don't necessarily think that Goff is the issue in Detroit. Um, but, you know, it, it does make it a fun speculation. I also think that Aaron Rodgers could easily end up in Vegas, reunite with Devontae Adams, and and there's your new Raiders quarterback in 23. I don't think it'll be that easy because of his contract. Um, yeah, I, I, it could happen, but uh, hard hard to trade Rodgers and his contract, and yet still get big compensation for it. I, I think it's going to be a difficult sale there. Could happen. Very well could happen. We've seen th- you know crazier things happen as the NFL. They, you know, the, the salary cap seem, seemingly is an illusion at times. Can't they just rework the contract? I mean, they could. It's, you know, ask the Saints. They're, 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 you know, Taysom Hill just got another extension while we were uh, contemplating that possibility. So it yeah, could happen. That's hilarious. I love it. All right, uh, Jeff, let's talk a little baseball because the website is cranking out great stuff. If you're a prospect fan, James Anderson has a brand-new top 400. He answered a ton of questions as well from uh, your uh, subscribers all over the place at rotowire.com. That's really cool. Not to mention uh, Todd Zola has a new uh, story up. Jason Collette. You're starting to see more and more and more content as we get ready for pitchers and catchers here in about uh, three weeks or so. Yeah, it's it's sneaking up on us. Uh, it'll be here before you know it. Starting to do more drafts. I'm in a couple of slow drafts right now. We'll have a lot of content out there. So, yeah, super excited about it there. Uh, and starting to get into that uh, draft mentality, starting to get a better feel for the player pool. 
you're right. Uh, let's talk about some of the recent uh, acquisitions in baseball and how that could uh, at least uh, affect the fantasy uh, perspective here in 2023. All right. Um, uh, again, not huge moves at this point. Just guys are signing. Uh, give me your thoughts on Adam Duvall in, in Boston. One year, seven mil. So this paves the way for Enrique Hernandez to play either shortstop or second base now that Trevor Story is going to miss a good chunk of the season. Otherwise, Hernandez was going to play center field. They don't want Jaron Duran to play center field for them. That was a disaster last year, uh, both offensively and defensively. So uh, Duvall, who's not really a great center fielder, but maybe in Fenway with their smaller outfield, it'll do. Um, you know, he, He's going to play there. Um, so he's going to get a decent chunk of playing time. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Trey Mancini to the Cubs for two years. Any kind of fantasy impact there? I mean, it's a good landing spot for Mancini, who, you know, after uh, getting hurt by Baltimore uh, with their big changes at Camden Yards last year, he gets to land in a pretty decent hitter's ballpark. The, the, the story, though, that I think it's more noteworthy is this buries Matt Mervis. He's almost certainly going to start the year in the minors now because they already added Eric Hosmer as well. So they're going with the veterans over the promising young prospect who a lot of people expected was going to you know, have a pretty good chance to be the opening day first baseman. I don't think that happens now. Yep, sends a weird message, that's for sure. Um, Andrew McCutcheon back to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be the MVP anymore, but uh, he's going to get playing time, especially if, as anticipated, Brian Reynolds gets dealt. Uh, he'll... You know, McCutcheon will certainly get extra playing time. Uh, can't play every day. They need to rest him here and there. So as, as my uh, Pittsburgh colleague Tim Benz suggested, he'll play a lot more at home, maybe get his rest days on the road. How about Nelly Cruz to the Padres? It was a little surprising, uh, but you know what? They're adding depth to this roster, or they're kind of counting on him having a bounce-back season. He had some eye issues last year, uh, which – may go a, a decent part towards explaining his collapse at the plate. He might finally also be kind of done. We'll see. Um, but if he if he does have a rebound, it's just yet another bat for this lineup. Uh, let's wrap it up with Tommy Pham to the Mets for a one deal. Going to be a lit fantasy football league there. Now, yes, um, you know, I, 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 you know, Pham is another guy. So good organizations add depth. This is what Fam is. He'll play against lefties. He'll, he'll he'll even play against some righties. You know they they have the spot roster spot open after uh, losing out or, or choosing not to uh, follow through on the contract with Carlos Correa, uh, Correa going to the Twins. So uh, you know that's that's one more bat there for the Mets. Fam obviously play outfield and DH only. That was the difference. Uh, but it's just a spillover effect on where everybody slots. Let's highlight what you've got up on the website right now at RotoWire.com, Jeff. Yeah, you mentioned it uh, earlier there, like with James Anderson's prospect rankings up. Uh, he's got another piece talking about the approach to, if you're in a dynasty league, about how to handle first-year player drafts uh, and how he likes to handle it there. So really good for dynasty league players. A lot of great content there. You guys can check it out. Take a peek behind the paywall. Just go to rotowire.com slash free. Good stuff as always. Hey, appreciate the conversation. Jeff, look forward to having you back with us here again next week.